Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so glad you are back with me today. I am back with my good friend, Linda LaCour Hobar, and we are talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. And you know, we live in the life that we live in this world um, of sin and heartache and hurt and struggle. And sometimes things are really good and sometimes things are really, really hard. And I know that those of you listening, there are those of you who are going through some really difficult times and um, it's hard to know how to navigate through those, especially when you're homeschooling and you're trying to navigate through difficult things. And at the same time, you've got your kids at home who are counting on you and your family who depends on you for all the things, but especially emotionally. And I find that difficult sometimes. Like I don't have emotionally what it takes to get through this day, much less this week and certainly not this year. But by the grace of God, He gives us what we need in order to accomplish what He's called us to. And so Linda is here. Um, again, she's kind of able to look at this from a different perspective. She's she's done homeschooling. She's got grandkids now, and she's able to look at it kind of from a bird's eye view and just say, okay, here are some things that I learned through the difficult times. And she is just sharing that with us. And so I'm so thankful for her and uh, just for her wisdom and experience that she's sharing with us this week. Uh, but before we get back into our conversation with Linda, I want to say thank you again to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. If you're looking for a fantastic biblical worldview curriculum that will teach just about any subject for any grade, check them out, bjupresshomeschool.com. You can do parent-led, video-led, whatever it is that uh, works best for your family, try them out. And, and you can call them and talk to one of their consultants, and they'll help walk you through what is the best fit for your family, bjupresshomeschool.com. Well, Linda, thank you for coming back with me. Um, it is such a joy to be able to talk with you. And and I love your honesty and transparency as we, you know, just as you and I have been talking about this, preparing for this podcast, uh, we talked on Monday about some of the good things that made your homeschooling good. And again, mm -hmm. everybody's different. So whatever makes your homeschooling good, do that. Um, let's talk about some of the bad stuff. As you look back on your homeschooling, what are some of the things that just made for really, really bad? bad homeschool day? And how did you navigate through those things? Mm. Well, the first thing that comes to my mind is that uh, we may have def different definitions of bad, but when you contrast them to days that you knew were good for whatever reason, you know, there's the days you're humming along and you feel you've done what God called you to do. And then there's days it all unravels. And sometimes it's just, you know, you, <laughs> Sometimes yeah. it was just me being me. That's one of my points I'll address today. Other times I really could look at the kids and I'd be like, it is all you today. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then other times it's, you know, other things going on in this world, which is really what we'll get to Friday or Thursday, I'm sorry, with um, the ugly. But I will say I had enough bad days. I don't know how many um, I averaged a month. I hate to tell new people, <laughs> but I mean, there could be a lot, you know, it's, Certainly the good days probably were more rare than the bad days, or maybe there was a lot of combination. But one thing that helped me in retrospect or sometimes in the middle of it is that I tried to hone in on, is it one of these four causes? Okay, so real quick, number one, is it a meltdown? And we'll define that today. You know, the child that melts down, some meltdown more easily than others. Or two, is it sibling stress? Is it really mm. the kids just after each other today? Or number three, is it really school? Is it subject stress? Something's not working right in our curriculum. Or number four, is it just me? 
<laughs> being, you know, the the lady that doesn't have it together today. So are you ready to jump into it? Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to talk about okay. meltdowns because sometimes I'm the one who's having the meltdown. Oh, <laughs> it's yes. not my kids. Yeah, I, you know, that's funny. You said that I have a meltdown talk I do. And so many of the moms come thinking, I'm going to talk about their meltdown. Oh. And it's usually about the kid. But from my observation, there's two kinds of meltdowns. So first, there's a real minor meltdown. You know, this is just a frustrated child. We've all been there. Uh, we ourselves too. Uh, any little thing, I could picture perhaps my youngest here who maybe she's cold, she's a little hungry, she's tired, her brother's pestering her. You're like, he's poking her in the ribs when I'm not looking. So <laughs> she's frustrated or her pencil breaks or, you know, when little girls are growing their bangs out, it's like they get in their face and, <laughs> you know, it's annoyances. And the reason I'll call that a minor meltdown is that usually in my adult wisdom and through the gifts of the fruits of the spirit, I can usually help her. I can ward some of that off. I would say it's a consolable meltdown. Mm, okay. That's a yeah. minor one. It's consolable, meaning I can kind of look ahead. I can fix it. I can hand her some apples. I can give her a hoodie. I could give her a headband. You know, I can help her along. And honestly, that's parenting 101. We're sure. doing this all the time for our children without over parenting, but just, you know, yeah. dealing with a frustrated child. But there's a whole nother meltdown. There's major meltdowns. Mm. All right. Major meltdowns are the ones that I would say kind of come out of nowhere and they're they're <laughs> they're not as predictable, but when they happen, they're little nightmares. Uh, you know, the volume's loud, the child is loud, the tantrum's loud. And I would say a quick synopsis of the difference is that a minor meltdown, they're still vertical, a major meltdown, they're horizontal. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? This child yes, is totally. boneless on you. They just can't even yeah. stand. They can't sit in their chair. <laughs> they have lost it emotionally. Yeah. And, you know, we all do that once in a while. But I would say that um, a, a few things, my observation would be number one, sometimes we can deal immediately with a major meltdown. It means perhaps you need to remove that child from the situation because they're highly sensitive, they're highly distracted, and their mm -hmm. emotional state is such they kind of can't seem to get it together on their own, right? That's when you play the real loving parent and you go in and that's, again, Christian Parenting 101. You know, it's, honey, I, I see you're really upset, but let's go through, you know, when's the last time you ate? And, you know, no, the Lord really loves you. And, you know, just assure them that, that they are loved because they're struggling, yeah. right? Yeah. And I can just picture one of my children literally just seeming to go from zero to 10. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, you know, everything's horrible and everyone hates me and I'm fat, I'm ugly, or, you know, just a, <laughs> a rant of things that aren't truth, but yeah. they are to them, right? Sure. So anyway, and I also will say this about the, about major meltdowns is I think our tendency as parents is to want to play a cheerleader. Like, oh no, honey, you're not this, you're not that, you're this, you're that. But sometimes a real melter to a real melter, that makes it worse right. if you try to cheerlead them out of it. It's just this peculiarity because then they're thinking, oh, you didn't hear them. Right, right. You don't <laughs> understand really do. what they're going yeah, through. You don't understand and it gets yeah. worse. So anyway, I'll just say uh, some observations I've made is that you can try to deal immediately immediately with it. And maybe that's a good goal, but you can't always. There yeah. are times you really truly can't deal immediately with a meltdown. As a matter of fact, if you always deal immediately, it may be that you're being manipulated. It's that this child doesn't want to go do such and such. And so they melt down. So right. manipulative behavior is something we need to pay attention to. And it may be once in a while that you have to play that real firm parent and say, honey, I see you're 
very upset right now, but you know what? We can't do this right now. As a matter of fact, we need to be at so-and-so. And it's that's when you physically intervene. You pick them up off the ground if you still can carry them, put their jacket on them, put them in the car, drive to so-and-so, but you assure them that yes, you see the problem and yes, you will come back to it. And then you stay true to your word. And then after this meltdown has subsided because the location has changed, well, and it may not, they might be wailing and gnashing teeth somewhere else. But I do say that's when you get back to them later and talk about what was going on. And then that's Christian Parenting 201, or you have yeah. to go to a much deeper <laughs> level. Because, you know, we're all little narcissists on the inside and they're upset they can't control their world. Yeah. So I guess my first thought is think to yourself, is this a minor meltdown or a major one? Right. And can I deal with this immediately or do I need to delay it and be particularly firm right now? Yeah, that's good stuff. It is hard in the moment, especially as a parent, when you're, when our kids melt down, at least when my kids melt down, it gets me kind of riled up sometimes. And I'm like, ah, you know, and I have to pause and think about like, how do I handle this particular meltdown? And it's hard to know sometimes in the moment, because when they're not of a clear mind, sometimes I'm not of a clear mind either. And um, it's easy to write it down on paper and go, well, you know, if our child is having a major meltdown or a minor meltdown, how would I deal with those things? But in the moment, oftentimes it is really hard to know that. And that's when we pray and ask the Lord for his wisdom and his guidance um, so that we do know how and and, uh, how to handle those individual meltdowns uh, that happen because they happen pretty much every day in some houses. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Are you looking for a homeschool curriculum that goes beyond textbooks and truly engages your children in the joy of learning? Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written by homeschool parents to specifically meet your needs and captivate your students with hands-on activities and experiments that make learning unforgettable. With an easy-to-follow, open-and-go format, Apologia takes the stress out of planning and provides a simple roadmap that can easily be tailored to your family's needs. Explore live classes or self-paced courses designed to accommodate every student's unique learning style. Elevate your child's education, spark their curiosity, and nurture a lifelong love for learning with Apologia. Discover Apologia today at Apologia.com. We are back with Linda. Um, okay, so we're talking about meltdowns. We've talked about minor meltdowns, major meltdowns. Um, what are some other things that, that just make for a really bad homeschool day? I know for me personally, it was sibling nonsense. Ugh. That would be the thing that would send me into orbit. And I think it comes yeah. from the fact that I feel like as a mom, like I love them so much that when I would see them turn against each other, it truly yeah. would break my heart. So yeah. I had a very low threshold for watching my children go after each other. I just, mm-hmm. it was not allowed in our house. It happened, but I really, really didn't like it. And so I just found that because they would sometimes, you know, I had boys, girls, their cats, dogs, their they're messing around. And so uh, I knew that number one, I needed to take them to a higher authority. 
So that meant God's word. So we pulled out every scripture imaginable on how they were to be kind and loving toward each other. So this is like, this is from God. And number two, we did set up predetermined rules. Now, I'm not a big rule person, but there came a time and place when their nonsense would be so distracting Mm -hmm. um, or or belittling to one of the children that I, I would take a piece of paper, Yvette, and I just hung it in our school cabinet with columns for each of the kids. And I would write down if they threw scissors across the room or if <laughs> one poked the other or if they were, you know, whining, complaining, and they got fined at 25 cents. I resorted to fines. And so oh, there was yeah. a consequence to this poor behavior. And I've saved those sheets of paper. I don't oh, know why so I felt funny. compelled, but I'll show them sometimes at conventions and read them off. And, you know, it is just that, those little things. But if mommy was going to get up out of her chair to jot down a fine, it, it did help nip it. And it also helped bring attention to the fact that this is really disruptive behavior. Or this is very disrespectful behavior. You know, you're yeah. not valuing my time. You're not valuing valuing the sibling who I really, truly want you to love deeply. Yeah. Um, so yeah, sibling stuff, it's real and yeah. needs to be dealt with if you want a successful homeschool, I think, because we are talking about spending thousands of more hours with our children oh, yeah. than if they were all in classrooms. And it's like something I love, but something that has to be managed well. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, we we actually talk a lot about siblings on this podcast because it is something that pretty much every homeschool family deals with. If you have more than one child, and even if you only have one child, if you're involved in a co-op or sports or anything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they're going to be in conflict possibly with other kids that are around their ages. And it, it is so important to teach our kids how to um, interact with one another and love one another. And it is hard, hard, hard to do that. Um, so I love that you set up rules for them. And I've told my girls, it's so funny, you know, there's times where one of them will come to me and they'll be griping about the other one. And I'm like, you do understand that I love your sister as much as I love you. Right. And I'm on her side as much as I'm on your side. Right. And they're like, what? And they just want me to take their side. But I'm like, I'm mom to both of you, not just to one of you. Um, But yeah, it's, so you had rules. Did you do you, and you had your consequences of 25 cents. Um, Did you have rewards for them as well? Uh, not financial rewards because I didn't want to ever pay them for good behavior. Sure. We also took the route where we didn't pay them to do chores either because chores were something that everyone did to contribute to the family. However, they received allowance to help them with uh, money okay. management. So the fines came out of their allowance. Yeah. Well, you know, with inflation, that 25 cents per per infraction <laughs> today is not really as much as <laughs> it was back then. Yeah. So we might have to bump it up to like a dollar nowadays. Yeah, this was back in the 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our kids will be like, what? In California, you know, minimum wage is 20 bucks an hour. What's 25 cents? We might have to change that up a little bit here. So <laughs> anyway, okay. So sibling relationships, um, that's, that's a big one that can make for a really bad day. What's another that you found? All right. Once in a while, it really is just school. <laughs> like it's a certain subject. And I'd say that Pay attention to the cues your children might be giving you. Like maybe they sit down on one subject and they fly through it just about every time they open that book. But then there's another subject that for whatever reason, every time they open, there's a bit of grumbling and and this attitude. And so they could be trying to communicate something about um, maybe it's that that subject, uh, their their own inadequacy. Mm. And so I think that what you could do is if you see that subject come and you know what's next, you know they don't care for it. Well, maybe they're telling you 
that the level you're at is too difficult and you need to drop down to a lower level because we all know with stair step subjects, if you miss certain points, you know, yeah. down here with addition, well, then you can't bump up to multiplication. So don't be afraid to go up and down the scale of um, grade level to find, you know, where they are so that you can reinsert some confidence. Uh, so drop down, certainly. The other thing might be to, to evaluate their learning style. Like again, was this an audio thing? And that's why they love it. Was this visual? And that's why they love that. But this, whatever this is, it's something that every time you get to it, it's not working well. Maybe it's a fine motor skill they're lacking in. Uh, you know, certainly boys, I think, struggle with uh, handwriting and more than girls do because of just a difference in learning. And so, you know, let them be creative and go write sidewalk chalk outdoors or a big board or, you know, I'm saying think about size yeah. and be willing to adjust, you know, maybe how they're giving you answers. Yeah. Then I also think it's appropriate to negotiate some things with your students. Like, let's say, again, I, I'm all about maybe some delight driven choices and certainly pushing them toward things that they enjoy and want to learn and, and, and feeding that. But real life always tells us there's some things we don't like to do that we just need to do. So maybe there's a couple of subjects that you know you want your students to have, and it's not their favorite. So in those, perhaps you negotiate with them, like maybe that's only a pass-fail course. Uh, perhaps you just set up a contract with them. Learning contracts are a way to avoid grades that still uh, give the students a sense of accountability. And a, a learning contract is simply like, if you will do, say, one, two, and three, you'll earn a C. If you'll do one, two, three, four, five, you'll earn a B. But if you will do one, two, three, four, five, six, and number seven, you'll earn an A. So you're encouraging mm -hmm. a work ethic, but you're getting away from this harshness of of testing because perhaps, again, this is a subject they're struggling with. Yeah. So I think negotiations and work contracts are very um, valuable and it's just creative. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. let's think of a creative way to tackle this subject that's not your favorite yeah. and that that's okay. Yeah. I, I, I want to pause there just for a second because I, I want to say this is one of the greatest benefits of homeschooling mm -hmm. because any kid who's in a traditional classroom they can't practice any of these things. Like if they have stress over a particular subject, kind of too bad. I mean, mom and dad might mm -hmm. get you a tutor after school, but I know for myself, you know, I've shared lots of times how I really struggled with math. I do not like math. I had a really hard time understanding math concepts. And so I, somewhere around, I don't know, I think it was around seventh grade. I just lost it. I mean, I, 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 I got so lost in math. And from then on, for the rest of my schooling years, I, I stayed lost. Um, mm. And if I had been homeschooled, I could have had someone, which I mean, you know, when I was growing up, I don't, I don't say that like I blame my mom for not homeschooling me. That just wasn't really a thing. I mean, it was, but mm -hmm. you know, nobody homeschooled where we were. And so for me, if I had had someone who could have slowed down and just said, okay, you know what, you're struggling with this, let's pause and let's go at your own pace. Or, you know, let's reevaluate where you are in this particular subject um, the the auditory versus visual, you know, as we were talking about the mystery of history and you have the audiobooks. Some kids love audiobooks. So sit your kid down with a bunch of Legos or drawing pad or paint or something and let them do something with their hands while they're listening to Linda Hobar read the mystery of history. I mean, there are so many ways that we can cater our kids' education to their specific needs and learning styles with homeschooling. And that cannot and will not ever be done in a traditional classroom to meet the individual needs of your child. It can't be. 
So, oh, and it goes both ways. Think of the child who's real gifted in a subject and in a traditional setting, they'll be bored very fast. And again, you can push them on, push them higher. You know, one of my grandchildren right now, right now, he's only nine years old and he's reading on a high school level. Wow. And so I know he would be bored right now in a Mm -hmm. classroom. Um, Yes. Anyway. Yeah, that's how Garrett was. He was Mm -hmm. crazy smart. And mm-hmm. he got in trouble all through school because he was bored out of his mind. <laughs> and the teachers would think he wasn't listening or paying mm. attention to anything, but he could regurgitate every single question, you know, every answer that they wanted him to give. He was like, yeah, I could tell you all about what you just said, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, so, you, so you're right. It's Homeschooling has so many benefits and it's hard. As we're talking about this week, there are some good days. There are some bad days and some really, really ugly days that we're going to talk about. Um, but yes, there are so many benefits too. Uh, to homeschooling. So anyway, um, so let's let's wrap up. We're we're talking sure. about the bad. Um, bad day. I think you have one more point on this. I do. I think once in a while we have to take a hard look in the mirror and say, "I'm the reason for this bad day today." Uh, Maybe yeah. I am the one that you know stayed up too late, slept in, just the mom that doesn't have it together that day. It's the phone call I took when I shouldn't have, and now. You know, I'm neglecting the children. It's right. that I'm not prepared with my paperwork because I really needed to look at that project ahead of time and at least have the three supplies, you know, or what have you. And so I'm unprepared. Yeah. There's just sometimes it runs backwards and it's me. So I guess my tips for this is number one, humbly own that. I certainly apologize to my children many a time <laughs> because as you and I have talked before, I'm a Mary, not a Martha, which means I rank real high on my heart. My heart's big, but the, the Martha skills in me lack. And so there was a lot of times I wasn't prepared with some of the stuff. You know, I, I, I struggled to pull together all the things. And I'm sure there's a lot of Marys out there that feel the same way. They have a big heart to homeschool and this high level of love and motivation. But, you know, flailing? Yeah, that was me. Right. I would be guilty of that. I'm a sanguine by heart. And that's a, you know, sometimes I just wanted to stop and play. <laughs> not finish our work, you know, not that that's really a problem. So I think just sincerely owning weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And then another thing I think we need to take responsibility for is how we're fueling ourselves. We have one body, Mm -hmm. every person, doesn't matter who you are. We all have one shot at one body and how well are we taking care of it so that we can do these enormous tasks like teach your kids at home. You know, if I'm filling myself up with junk, I am going to be tired and I'm going to be draggy. And if I fuel my body with better choices, I'm going to have a bit more energy and stuff. So I do think we have to uh, own that a little bit, you know, our our diet and exercise. That's just self-care. And I say that because I went through a real um, evolution in my own journey. I grew up on junk food and in my 20s, I wanted to homeschool and I was chronic fatigued. And so I took it upon myself to really turn toward a whole foods diet. Mm. And I'm telling you, it was life changing as I turned to whole food to fuel my body. It it helped lessen some of the chronic fatigue. So, but I also feel compelled to, to say, um, Yvette, and I wish I didn't have to, but you know, some of our families here on a serious note are dealing with say anger in their home. That is a dangerous anger. And I think we have to be honest about that and not just think it's going to go away if we know that there's a particularly angry person in the family and it endangers our kids. We need to get help. And so just for the sake of anyone listening, I'm going to give a phone number because I've 
looked this up, that we might resource those who are struggling. And so there's a group called Faith-Based Domestic Help Against Violence. And so here's the phone number and write it down for yourself or for a friend. And it's 630-617-0088. So, you know, if uh, that's what's contributing to your bad day, Don't ignore it and think it will go away, but get the help that you need. And then let me just end on this note. You know, we've talked about this bad day. And once in a while, I want to change perspective, which is that sometimes a bad day might be one of your better days or a better day than you think, because perhaps you were choosing some good parenting that day. And the kids just don't like it because they don't like the boundaries. They don't like the wise guidance you're giving them. So there's wailing and gnashing of teeth because you said, no, honey, you can't have ice cream at five o'clock. It's nearly dinner time. Or no, young lady, you can't wear that outfit outside of this house or, you know, whatever it is. And so is there resistance from your children? Yes. All to say, don't define your good and bad days on how much lashing out there is. Because sometimes that lashing out actually means you're being an awesome parent. So own that too. Yeah. Uh That is such a good reminder. Um, thank you for that. It is hard. It is hard when our kids rise up against us <laughs> and say, but no, I want this particular thing. I want a yes to my question. I want to, you know, the answer that I want. And um, mm-hmm. and it's easy as a parent to just give in and just say, okay, whatever. I don't want the conflict. I don't want the fight. Yeah. Uh, but that that is not. And sometimes, you know, we show grace, uh, but it's not good parenting oh, sure. <laughs> to always say yes in order just to avoid conflict uh, with our children. And so parenting um, is hard and it takes intention. And especially when we're homeschooling and we have these bad days, uh, but by the grace of God, we get through them. And, um, and so we, we trust him and, and absolutely. I agree if there are parents out there, you know, moms who are dealing with any kind of abuse, that is definitely something that should be, um, attended to. I mean, you, you need to get help for that. And, um, so I think that's one thing that in the, especially in the Christian homeschool world, we don't talk about, a lot. Mm-hmm. And there are moms and kids who are really hurting and they really desperately need help, but they don't know where to go to find that help. So um, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, we are out of time, but thank you so much for sharing with us today. We are going to come back tomorrow. We're going to talk about the ugly parts of homeschooling and um, what that might look like and how we can navigate through that and uh, grow through that as a family. So again, um, you can find everything Linda LaCour Hobart at themysteryofhistory.com. We will put links to that in the show notes and stay tuned to the very end to hear a clip of what's coming up tomorrow on the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast with Linda. Um, And again, you can find all things at our website, schoolhouserocked.com, where you can stream the movie for free, download the Homeschool Survival Kit, which is also free. Uh, You can also make a donation to the ministry. Uh, Just click on that donate button or you can subscribe to our newsletter. So thank you guys for joining us today. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. Bye. As parents, our greatest hope is that our kids will grow up to be followers of Jesus Christ and live out God's call on their lives. But you also know the world makes it challenging to follow Christ faithfully. That's why I'm so excited about Summit Ministries. Their student conferences give teens and young adults reasons to trust the biblical foundation you've laid for them. Our oldest daughter, Brooklyn, is super excited to go this summer. And if you have a child ages 16 to 22, they can attend a Summit Ministries student conference this summer as well. Get a $200 discount on their in-person conference by using code SCHOOLHOUSE24 at checkout. 
and receive an additional $200 off with their early bird discount when you register by March 31st. Visit summit.org slash schoolhouse to learn more. That's summit.org slash schoolhouse. I think the ugly for me usually had very little to do with educating my children. When I'm saying the good, the bad, and the ugly, I guess I'm talking about some of the stuff that just part of being in a fallen world. Sure. It's about my own depravity. It's about sin that is around us and sometimes right in our home. And it's ugly. It can be very ugly. So I do want to address this because I think we are in such a conservative family-driven movement here that I think some people assume that if they're dealing with the ugly, that they're somehow disqualified. And I think the opposite is true. I think it's actually some of our true growth sin that may be the motivator to truly just keep our little, you know, chickens tight under our wings. 